Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. Welcome back to the In The Points podcast, the fastest growing Formula One podcast on the globe. The only podcast growing at the speed of Formula One. I am your host, Matt Dottiel, and joined, as always, we have Sam DRS Russell and Stefano Sedano. Guys, welcome back to a very special episode. Thanks, Matt. Uh, It's great to be here. What a great season one it was with you guys. Uh, I'm very excited to wrap up this season with a grand episode. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. It's a bittersweet end to the season. Bittersweet end to our first run of the podcast, but we're going to end it with a bang. I can't wait to chop it up with you guys. You guys are nail guns. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty emotional episode today. Um, season one finale, if you will. This is uh, season one is coming to a close of the In the Points podcast. Um, what a hell of a year from where we started to where we are today. A lot of different things have transpired, both on the grid, off the grid, on the pod, off the pod. Um, I think it's been you know a lot of fun working with you guys on this. Uh, let's get right into the topics for for this uh, week. So. We got a couple lot jam-packed episode. We'll be doing our Abu Dhabi recap. We got some current events uh, saying farewell and hello to drivers on the grid for 22 and hello to the new ones for 23. And then we've got a very special segment on our season recap where we'll be giving out some awards um, on the season. But uh, guys, let's start with Abu Dhabi. This hands down might have been one of the most anticlimactic, boring races of the entire year. What a, a horrible way to send off... Uh, what should have been at the start of the year, one of the most competitive seasons of Formula One since the season just before it. Sam, I think when we flash back 
to Baku and where we ended at Abu Dhabi, could you have ever thought that that's just, this is how season one was going to end? Uh, no, not at all. And yeah, it was kind of like a microcosm of the year in one race. Max was just kind of a step above the rest. The one thing we, we wanted to keep our eye on was the Chuck against, um, you know, Sergio Perez matchup. And that was the only interesting thing that happened. And it really didn't even end up being that interesting in the end. Yeah. And you know, what was really, you know, I was kind of doing a, a look back myself and the fact that like Chuck versus Checo for P2 after Baku, when Max had a DNF and Chuck won outright and was going to win, even if Max didn't DNF, like we walked away from Baku being like, this is going to be, or sorry. Uh, yeah. From um, Bahrain, excuse me, from Bahrain. We walked away from that first race of the year and said, wow, this is going to be an epic Ferrari versus Red Bull season. Maybe Mercedes sprinkled into the mix. And we ended with Chuck like begging for the right strategy call so he could eke out P2 in the drivers and like was 200 points behind Max. Stefano, I mean, from Bahrain until now, what a hell of a, of, of a transpiring of events. I mean, boring yeah. to the max. I wanted to call it like a roller coaster of events for Ferrari, but it's really just been like, it's not even been that it's just been like climbing up to a mountain and then just like straight up jumping off. I mean, we had yeah. Bahrain, like you said, great result. Uh, and then in Australia, another great result. First three races of the season, they build up a huge lead already. And then it just sort of started to fall apart after that. You know, Chuck had the the mistake at Imola that was pretty indicative of kind of like how he was going to sort of overdrive and pressure points in the season. And then, you know, things that were out of his control, wrong strategy calls, um, things to, you know, to point more towards like the Ferrari pit crew and the strategy team that, you know, Chuck had nothing to do with just completely botching his season. Um, so yeah, it's just been uh, not yeah. a great year again for Ferrari. And it's, it's getting, it's getting kind of old saying that it's been quite a long time since we've had success, but uh, you know, I guess here's to next year. They were the butt end of the joke for the full 2022 season. They yeah. were like they were yeah. just literally getting clowned on the full, pretty much even by I other mean, after like, after by like other the drivers, third race of the year by the yeah. media. Nico Rosberg even joined and in that's, on his, that's on his, all on his uh, about. social media accounts. That's all we talked about for like half the season was just the blunders that Ferrari. Well, they were was. so high profile. Yeah. They were so high yeah. profile. They, they were for races. Yeah. They, yeah. they cost them a chance. Um, I, I do think if they had good strategy calls this year, then it would I have mean, at least I, been closer. Yeah, exactly. Like, it might have came down to the last two races, last race. Uh, yeah, I still think Max would have won in the end because um, the Ferrari did kind of regress towards a lot, like the last like six or seven races. But I mean, it was, they gave up so many friggin' points on dumb blunders it was yeah. over by the summer break like yeah. that's how bad their blunders were like yeah. to your point like the last six races maybe they get clowned on even more and like mercedes is in the mix and it's a little bit more challenging but like the season was over the season was over after hungary the season was probably over after france when when chuck crashed and we heard the infamous no but like there they came out of the first five six races like serious contenders are gonna win the constructors Ferrari's yeah. going to win the drivers. They seemed absolutely locked. I mean, they looked so good those first couple of races. I mean, I'm saying, I think Miami was the turning point where you just kind of 
slowly yeah. started to realize like Red Bull is not to be fucked with this season. Stefano, I agree with that. I totally agree with that because that was the first race that Red Bull truly had the faster car. But yeah. then Ferrari came right back the next few races and still was Yeah, but the thing the faster. thing is Miami put a lot of pressure on Ferrari and Absolutely, Ferrari yeah. has such a defeatist attitude. They just can't cope with these situations. Um, you know, Spain, I think Spain was the race right after Miami, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of out of uh, Chuck's control. He had the engine failure. He was going to comfortably win that race. But then in Monaco, that was the first of many high-pressure, high-profile strategic blunders. Guys, through the first five races, Ferrari took seven podiums. And Red Bull had five. Through how many races was that? The first five. Yeah, they, I mean, they they looked so good the first five races. They, I mean, I think we all thought they were lost to either win the constructors or Chuck to win the drivers. To yeah, me, I mean, Sam, you had a, Sam, you had a dominant year of betting. No one will ever take that away from you. You cashed your Ferrari to win the Constructors Championship. <laughs> I spent that money, Matt. I you spent, spent that, that money. money. I think it was probably after race like three, you spent that yeah. money. After the <laughs> yeah. second DNF for in Australia, you were like, this ticket, cash it, double down on it, triple down on yeah. it, and go. And you know what? I think I was singing the same tune. I was like, yeah, I think you're right. This is Ferrari's year. But guys, like, here's here's my takeaway of the of the Formula One season, specifically with Ferrari. Uh, and we kind of said it earlier in the year. <clears throat> you can just tell the Ferrari team has not been in a position where they've had to win championships in a long, long time. And the crew yeah. that is on that pit wall does not have the they they have not they do not have the chops that the Mercedes team with Toto led and the Red Bull team that Horner has led with, with Sebastian Vettel at the helm, with Lewis Hamilton at the helm. Mattia Bonato has never had to go out and win a championship and make the calls to make sure that they actually close out and win a championship. And it brings us into the current events segment where recently with Bonato, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's out. He's like, he's out. He resigned. He's gone. It's today. official. He is gone. He is done. He's gone. Oh, and you know what? The witch we, don't, is dead. we don't root for anyone to lose their jobs on this podcast. Yes, we do, Matt. Yes, we do. But I this, was rooting for him to lose his job. This was he he something needed to change. Something needed to change. He had yeah. a huge head start on the Red Bulls this year. Two DNS from Max Verstappen in the first three races of the year. And then by the midsummer break, you effectively are like in midsummer, and it was a nightmare for him the rest of the year. Yeah, instead of a midsummer night's dream for Mattia Bonato and Ferrari, it was an A twenty four production of Midsummer. That's how it landed for. Yeah, for him this I year. think I wrote a blog about that with the exact title. So yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, to be honest, like he had to go. He had to go. It was just, it was time. Matt, I mean, let me say this. Let me say this. The pressure's now on Chuck Leclerc next year. Huge, big time. Especially Massive. to get uh, Fred Vasseur in there. Yeah, you, you know, it's it's time for him to drive like a champion if he is a true champion. The pressure's on him because he can't fall back on any uh, any of these blunt, um, you know, pit wall blunders nope. next year. He got his way, uh, and his. 
his mistakes that he's made this year were kind of masked by Bonotto and his Bozo crew. Um, but he made some like boneheaded moves this year. The France spin out, Imola. Uh, Imola. You know, he, he didn't have a great year. Nope. And the pressure is going to be on him next year. So I'm very interested to see how that goes because he has to drive like a champion next year or he's kind of like, not on, like on the hot seat, but he'll be questioned. He'll be questioned. Oh, it's it's the spotlight's all on him. He To your point, he got to defray some of the blame and spread it across the team. Um, but yeah, it's it's 100%. He is in the limelight. He is LeBron of Formula One. He got rid of the coach. And now he, you know, has to put up or shut up. That's it. Put Max or Lewis in that Ferrari car next year, and they're probably winning the world championship. I so you put Max Verstappen in that Ferrari car this year. He's probably beating himself in the Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Seriously. I don't know. I don't know. He Maybe. probably like bully the Ferrari picker. That Ferrari car did season. kind of suck the last like third of the of the season. Yeah, but they had to turn the engine down. Yeah, they ran out of money. <laughs> yeah, well, they had to turn the engine down because the reliability was crap. Yeah. Awful. Hey, guys, what, what about the rumor that Ferrari tried to tap Christian Horner to come over? I love it. I don't blame him. I mean, I would have hated it because... Sam, would like you, the, if, if, let me ask you, no, I, I would have, I would have started hating Ferrari. Would you have rooted for Red Bull if like Sebastian Vettel became the, the principal and Horner went to Ferrari? Yeah, I, I would think about it. I hate Max. So I, <laughs> yeah, I like, that's, that that's would be hard rooting for Max, but I like, I hate Horner maybe even more than Max. So that was my, I would imme- I would immediately start hating Ferrari. That was my um, test to figure out who you hated more. And you, without yeah. flinching, said you would have probably rooted for Red Bull. And then you had to think yeah. about it. And then you still probably would have would have rooted. But let me just say this. I respect the move by Ferrari going after him. Why not? I mean, he'll, he'll go after him or Toto. Yeah, he'll go win you constructors next year. Well, speaking, of, so. speaking of filling in the Ferrari role, the entirety of uh, the Juventus Football Club's board of directors resigned the other day. So they can probably get Maurizio Rivabene back. Wow, that's, was, that would be pretty incredible if they could get all him. of our Italian soccer fan listeners out there. I yeah. mean, so I want to ask the question, but I think we already know the answer. So I would say, Sam, who do you think should actually take over for Ferrari? And you're going to say one of the Andrettis, which I agree with. Like, it would be unbelievable. Uh, I think the bigger question, though, Stefano, you're probably really bummed out because rumor is Bonato might be eyeing that Audi 2026 team principal job. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a probably a a good move for him and for Audi. I mean, how for, for how for Audi? Look, look at the they're buying out Sauber, and Sauber has never really been a top team. So, getting a team principal in that seat that's had experience. Don't forget, Bonato was a Ferrari lifer. He was responsible for building the cars that Michael Schumacher, Kimi Räikkönen, and Felipe Massa, Fernando Alonso that all those guys drove. So he's got tons and tons of experience in the sport. Michael Schumacher's but, not walking through that door, man. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that, that the Bonato is out, you know, like I think I think he would do better at a lower profile team like Audi. I do agree. I do agree with that, Stefano. I I very much agree with that because he won't be fighting for wins. Yeah, the uh, pressure will be off. That, he just has team. to deliver. He just has to deliver like. Six or seven points finishes. That's it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I bet you he he'll be great there. He yeah. doesn't have to deal with call with making calls for wins. He's just kind of in the back of the pack, like scraping for points. He'll love that. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, um. 
you know what? I wish Bernardo a nice holiday season. Um, the best gift he could have given Sam was by resigning. So I think uh, net on net, what a, what a win for the podcast. I think next year, though, Sam, let me ask you this. New team principal, a lot of pressure or no pressure? For Ferrari? Yeah. Like I a mean, new guy an, an, insane, an, insane amount, an, an insane amount of pressure because... Oh, I think there's zero pressure on that seat. Why? Yeah, because it's Ferrari. Bernardo, Bernardo has, Bernardo has, first of all, it's Ferrari, but but they had... There's the perception out there right now that they had the car to potentially win a championship this year. So if you're the new team principal, you have to be making the right calls and everything's got to go right. Or maybe it wasn't Bonotto's fault. Yeah, but at the same time, like Bonotto made some Bizzotto calls and... Now yeah, you're the new guy. It's like, remember, it's, it's zero, like on Bonato. Bonato lost the constructors and the drivers, right? Like he made some bad calls. New guy coming in, like the last guy sucked. There's no pressure on this guy. Like, yeah, he's got pressure to perform and deliver, but compared to his predecessor, like who cares? Oh, wow. The, the guy before me kept his job for three years and, and he and he made a billion errors. Like, so long as I just don't do as bad as that guy, I'll be well, okay. I think the point is, like, you'd really, if you just do a little bit better than Bonotto, you're probably like in the Constructors Championship share. If you lose to Red Bull or Mercedes next year by less than 100 points, you've already done a better job than Bonotto. Like, if yeah, you keep that, it close. Yeah, and like it comes down the last two races. At least if you get it to the, down to the last two races of the year, you've already done better than Bonotto. If it comes down to the midsummer break and people are still thinking you're in a title fight, you did a better job than Bonotto. He'll know if he's done a better job than Bonotto by the summer break next year. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, he'll have more races. He'll have more. He'll have more races to to try. I guess. Think about that. If he, if people at the end of the the first half of the season say, "Wow, Ferrari has a shot this year," he's already done better than Bonato. <sighs> yeah, he only needs so. to do. He only I needs guess, to perform. Yeah, you're not, you're, fourteen races. You're not. You're not wrong. I don't even have a point to counter with that. And you know what? Yeah. The other thing. Here's the other crazy thing. If I'm the new team principal of Ferrari, I walk in and I just let the drivers call every single strategy. No. Why not? Because then you can't be blamed if you get the strategy wrong. Who's what? Chuck yeah. Do? I mean, well, hopefully they're not hiring someone that's like just going in there to like try to not lose their job. Like, no pressure on them. Could you just tell me this? Every single race. Hey, Chuck, you want to go on softs? No, hards. Okay, put him on hard. Lose the race. Why'd you lose the race? I don't know. I could let the driver do what he wanted. Yeah, but this then year, Bernardo did the opposite Chuck. of what the drivers wanted to do, and he lost the races. I mean, the playbook seems pretty simple. If you want to keep your job for at least one year as the new team principal Ferrari, make sure you don't lose races, and two, let the drivers do whatever they want. And I think that actually might do a better job than Bernardo. Now, like that's my whole point. It doesn't take a lot to you to do a better job than Mattia Bonato did this year. Yeah, I mean, you essentially don't double stack your drivers on the same in lap. Um, that's okay. easy to not do. That's yeah. very easy. Let's talk about all the easy things to not do as don't, the don't put, principal don't next put, year. Don't put hard tires on an ice cold track like in Hungary. Don't put intermediate tires on in Q3 when everyone else is on softs. Yep. 
Like these are these are some like basic things, guys. That like this new team principal probably like look at the playbook and was like, "Huh, that's weird that we did all those things." Well, we also I'm have do- to we have to keep in mind it's not just Bonato making these these uh, decisions. There's, no, it is. In my no, opinion, it is. His, his yeah, it is. What are you talking about? Are you talking to me? Yeah, you. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> not me. He's talking to. It's it's his ultimate decision. Like the strategist says to do that. He has he has to be like, huh, like that makes sense. Yeah, let's do that. Here's my advice for the new team principal of Ferrari next year. Just do the opposite of what Mattia Bonato did. Literally every decision Bonato did, just do the opposite. Take a for take the George Costanza approach. Everything the guy before you did, do the opposite. And you'll probably lose the constructors to for, to Red Bull or Mercedes by race 20 instead of race 13. That's kind of my my thought. Guys, now that we've now that we've kicked this this Ferrari dead prancing horse to 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 death again. Uh Mercedes <laughs> look good. For prancing next. horse to death twice yeah. now. Mercedes look good for next year, right? Yeah, they look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Although Yeah. Abu Dhabi kind of looked like it didn't look good. Like they looked really good in Brazil. And then like a week later, they didn't look great in Abu Dhabi. Right. I think, well, I, think I think they've unlocked something a little bit. This whole I, second half of the season, there. they've been trending upwards. They have it. So they have Lewis Hamilton had like five or six podiums in a row. And then they also got their win. Based off the last three races of the year. I don't think a whole lot will change next year. Wow. But I don't think it will be like, I still think Red Bull will dominate again next year, but not to the extent that they like, sorry, I shouldn't say dominate. I think Red Bull will probably win again next year, but I think Mercedes will, I think it'll be a lot closer. I think Mercedes will be the number two team fighting with them more than Ferrari. I do think they unlocked something. I think Mercedes will win a lot more races next year. But like, if you asked me this after Brazil, I thought it was going to be like 2021 all over again. But after Abu Dhabi, I was like, they've not solved everything. But I think they will solve a lot of it. And I, I think Red Bull had such a head start that, and they have Max. That's my my theory. Gonna be, it's just going to be how Toto interprets the budget cap next season. That determines. It's gonna be about how they interpret the budget seat. Yeah, he should just he should just break the budget cap and just pay the dumb fines and wind tunnel reduction crap, and just win a championship and cheat. That's what he should do. Yeah, I mean, think, like, what do you like think he's Matt? done for the last eight years? I agree. So, so there's no but, budget um, cap before, before you know, now. In other current events topics, I mean, Danny Ricardo back to Red Bull, going to Red Bull, guys. And not to like bask in my own glory here, but like, didn't I say Danny Ricardo was not going to be on the the grid next year? Like by on like week six and stuff. You called me crazy. You said like, no way, Matt, no way. Danny Ricardo. You did did have that reaction. I did not to like be that guy, but like Stefano, I think you owe me an apology. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. I I think you also need a, I'm sorry. You were right. No. (laughs) <laughs> All right, that's close enough. <laughs> you pausing basically means you admit it. But I mean, guys, here's my theory on this. Danny Ricardo is going to be alongside Max Verstappen in 2024. Well, here's Matt. Here's my theory. This was a move by Red Bull to say, Checo, play nice, buddy, or we've got 
Daniel Ricardo sitting right behind you. We can replace you at any time during the season. So if you try to like play any games, if you don't play second fiddle to Max, you're out. And this we'll was put a, Ricardo in there. Sam, you know what? I never thought of it until just now, like that, like meaning like mid season type of like. Oh, threat. yeah. Like, I, I could see it for no, sure. That's a really interesting chess move that Horner made. Like, hey, hey, toe the line, pal. Yeah. Like, this isn't your team. There's no doubt in my mind that's what this was. It's a great, great, great theory. It's a great take, honestly. I didn't even think about it that way. Um, And you know what, guys? I kind of love it. I didn't like Danny Ricardo at McLaren. I actually think him back at Red Bull, if he had to go onto the grid next year, he would be a great teammate because I think all the pressure is off him. And I think he likes Max. I think like they have this weird like little bromance on the camera or whatever. I think... He would be like, yeah, like I couldn't be the guy who carried the team, so I'm going to be the guy who helps my team. And I think he actually would 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 race pretty well. I think he'd have pretty good pace. Yeah, I mean, he's going back to the team where the I think pretty much all of his his success came from. Yeah, he grew up in the Red Bull like Drivers Academy, similar to the Ferrari yeah. Academy. He did carry the team for a couple of years post Seb. Yeah, and then Max came, and it all went to shit. Yeah, that was that was during the the lean period of Red Bull. Yeah, so the pressure was off of him. Matt, I agree with you though. I think he'd be an unbelievable uh, partner to Max right now. I think yeah, he'd be. be like, I think he'd be, like he'd be great. Coming of Mark Weber, yeah. I think yeah. he'd be awesome. I, it, honestly, like I know I'm a big Red Bull stand here, but like I'd actually am like now rooting for. Daniel Ricard would be back in F1 alongside Max Verstappen. Well, I, I bet you're a Max guy, so you probably hate Checo and are pretty upset with him. No, I love Checo. I think Checo is a fantastic teammate. I was actually worried that after next year, Checo was going to leave, go somewhere else, and like they were never going to find as good enough teammate as Checo because he's kind of humble, he's likable, he knows he's not going to be the best, but like he's super defensive and he's a good team player. I think Daniel Ricardo is that replacement now. The biggest protest you'll get from Checo is him saying that he's very unfair, but okay. No, I don't know about that. I said it shows who he truly is. He, he got a little mouthy at Brazil. True. but that Next year's going to be interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. interesting. Next year. Next year? Yeah. He's driving for a spot in Red Bull for 2024 next year. Where would he go after if he like chooses to leave Red Bull, though? That's the thing. Like if he, he, wants, could, he could find a seat somewhere. Yeah, McLaren. No, not McLaren. I was thinking he would go alongside Lando. They got Oscar Piastri. Yeah. Um, not going to go to Alpine. Maybe Alpine if Gasly stinks. I don't know. He's, yeah, there's not, there's not many good teams that he would consider that have a spot open. Because by I, I would imagine he still thinks that he can race at a high level. Well, yeah, he clearly can. He almost was second in the drivers after a dominant year by Max. Yeah. I don't know, Sam. You you made a great point. This is an ultimate chess move by Horner. I there's no doubt in my mind. This was a warning to Checo that he better play nice next year or he's out at any time. Yeah, no yeah. contract renewal for you, son. Because Ricardo's the type of guy that you could throw in there midseason easily, and he, and he would he'd get you points. Oh, easily, you could easily do that. The pressure um, will really be on if Checo has to like miss any races, and Danny Ricardo like actually performs well. Like maybe like if he gets a podium in a race that he has to cover for Checo, the pressure. Yeah, will like really Checo be on. gets like has like another kid, and he can't yeah. make the race, or like Checo has like COVID, and he can't make the race. For any number of reasons. Like Checo misses his flight and he can't make the race. 
Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But so speaking of Danny Ricardo, I called it that he was going to be out of Formula One. No, you know, no need to pat myself on the back. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. Great call by me. Um, but farewell to some other drivers on the grid this year. We're losing Sebastian Vettel. Stefano, I know that's a heartbreaker for you. We're obviously losing Danny Ricardo. Yeah. Sam, your guy, your guy, our guy. We became a huge Latifi guy. He finally scored points. He finally yep. scored points. He got his point. Bye bye. Um. Yeah, it's sad, but you know what? We're on to IndyCar. We'll see an IndyCar next year. See an IndyCar. And you know, you never know. The doors, you know, you know what they say about F1. The door is kind of always open. It's a revolving uh, door at Formula One. Yeah. So you know, if Nico Hulkenberg can come back into F1, who knows? We might see Saint Nick back at uh, at some point. Yeah, it's the holiday season, so Saint Nick Latifi. Goat Tifi. Yep, Goat Tifi. Um, but yeah, sad. And then last but not least, Mick Schumacher. Yeah, that's another sad one. Down to, down to esports. Down to esports. <laughs> With Jarno. Yep. What do you that's think about that? One. That's another one I think you guys have been calling for all year, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we're like we're not a pro lose your job podcast, but I, I think like we're a pro Look, well, I'll just, at a high I'll, level podcast. And if you I'll don't just, perform, you're out. I'll say no, we're we're not a pro job losing podcast. We're a pro honesty podcast. I'll just say it. Mick Schumacher sucked this year. He was awful, and he he deserved to lose a seat. It yeah. sucks, but it is what it is. So it's it sad too to say it out loud. Same thing with Danny Rick. Sad retiring. Of, it's interesting. Of the four people on the list, only one guy is retiring. Everyone else kind of got forced out. Of yeah. one for one. It is a real shame that Seb had to end his career with such a fucking horrible car. Yeah. And it is. <laughs> he, drove, he drove the wheels off of that car. Yeah. That pig of a car actually got like pretty solid towards the end of the year. I suppose it sort of caught up to how great Seb was driving it, but Seb yeah. had to carry it, dude. Yeah. But, guys, with all. As as much as we are pained to say goodbye to some of our favorite drivers on the grid, like Saint Nick, like Saint Seb, like Saint Mick, like Saint Rick, um, we do get to say welcome to some new faces on the grid and a hello again to another one. We got. Let's start with in the order of people that I am least excited to see on the grid to most excited to see on the grid. We've got Nico Hulkenberg, Sam. This is your guy. You love him. You're Jan. Jan, I, 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 this sucks. I mean, it is what it is. And it's unfortunate, but I'm just going to hate on him all next year. Not just not going to be fun. I hate this Haas team. Uh, I wanted to love the Haas team so much, but I, and maybe I'll turn back at some point, but uh, man, I don't like them. Just another team that like Bahrain 2022 season opener. Wow, this Haas team, they're back. Like they're in the K Mag was what in fourth? Fourth or fifth. Like Mick was like eighth. It was like, wow, double points for Haas. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And instead now we got Nico Hulkenberg, but is what it is. All right. The third least favorite, or I guess the third most favorite, whichever way you guys want to think about it. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Oscar Piastri. I just the way he handled that Alpine contract left like a weird taste in my mouth. But I don't know, Stefano, like are you are you at all excited for for Piastri to be alongside Lando Norris? Uh, I'm a bit wary 
I don't know if excited is the right word, wary indeed, because when Toto Wolf sounded off on that whole situation, the only thing that he said about Piastri was that guy better be quick. Because after the after the just, <laughs> after the fracas that he created about that whole contract, and whether he was right or wrong is immaterial at this point, but like the negative press that he got, he better be damn quick. Yeah, Matt, I'm actually very, he's very high on my list. The people I'm excited to, to watch next year because there's so much pressure on him. He's got to, he's got to have a good season or he's going to look like a clown. Matt, who are you most excited to see? Well, we haven't gotten there yet. There's still two more names. I mean, if you say most excited, I'm going to be able to by process of elimination and find out who you're second most excited to see. <laughs> well, who do you, I'll pose it back to you. Who do you think I will put second on my list and then first on my list? Nick DeBreece in second. Yeah, that was correct. I, I'm excited to see him. I think what he did in that Williams coming out of like nowhere that day was pretty cool, to be honest with you. Like, and yeah, the fact no, that he really crushed well. his own teammate who has been driving that car all season long and he comes off the Mercedes reserve bench and into a Williams to go and take points. I thought that was pretty damn cool. But guys, my most favorite. Yeah, it's got to be Logan. Our guy. Yeah, our drum guy. Drum roll, please. The um, American Logan Sargent gets enough points for his super license to be eligible to race in Formula One next year. And you know what, guys? I think that that deserves a collective hell yeah, brother. Fire it Fire up. Fire it up. Hell yeah, brother. Fire it up. I mean, an American guy is on the grid next year. Like, we're an American based podcast, and I couldn't be more excited. What a hell of a week for America. We go into the World Cup, we advance through the group stages, and now we've got a Formula One driver on the grid next year. Like, the only thing that would have made Formula One better for Americans is if Mario Andretti came back and had a team with Audi next year, and it was like the 22nd car on the grid. Yeah, it should be Andretti Audi. Andretti. (laughs) I like that. So, Matt, let me say this about Logan Sargent. I'm very, very excited. Pumped. Finally an American, but I'm a, like... My expectations are so tempered because that Williams car just looked like shit this year. Doesn't even so matter. So I uh I'm very excited that our boy Ernie's gonna be in his ear. Um it's a great duo, an American with Ernie. Um I just hope that they give him the tools to actually perform and he doesn't get stuck in the back with just a crap car. Yeah, like let's hope he's got a couple power drills and not just like, you know, a hammer. Or a nail gun. If he gets a nail gun, he will win the drivers next year. If we get an American drivers champion, we're going to the parade. Oh, yeah. we'll be the parade. Where is Logan Sargent from? I'm going to look that America. up. That's America. That's all we need to know. America. Um, all so right, let's, guys. All, let's all guess where Logan Sargent's from. I guess from like New Bedford, New Jersey or Bedford, New Jersey. I'd say uh, Indiana. Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, that's your guess? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Hold on. I'll look him up. Logan Sargent. Oh, man. Like, this is like when I look it up, like, it's obviously no shit. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Like, obviously, he's from Florida. Like, give me a break. (laughs) With that name, it should have been obvious. Guys, you know what? I'm actually. So, this was going to be a segment that I think we're going to, like, I'm just going to make up now. This is what I think I'm going to be most excited for next year. Do you know how every like race they have the people who are from that country like 
do some type of like weird thing like next time on Formula One and it's like Canada and you got like the weird strolls and whoever that other guy that's not on Formula sure, One anymore yeah. would be like, oh yeah, like let's get excited. Canada, it's like my home country. Haha. Imagine Logan Sargent from Miami. Dude. <laughs> Welcome to Florida. Woo-hoo! We have to go to the Miami. Property. We have like, to go to Miami for the race. I mean, dude, think of it this way. Like DeSantis is gonna like shake Logan Sargent's hand when he goes and stands on a podium in Miami next year. It's going to be, be like moment. the most American thing of all time. The only thing that would be more American is if like George W. Bush was waving the checkered flag as it happened. That'll probably happen in Austin. It'd be better probably than Tim Cook. Yeah, that guy stunk this year. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, guys, you know, we had on our list the season recap. I think we really already hit the season recap. But so let's, what's your Sam, Stefano, Matt, your biggest surprise of the season as we think about 2022 like the one thing that you just like didn't really expect to happen uh i think mercedes struggles yeah were were the biggest surprise for me um i thought beginning of the season based off their car last year based off kind of how they lost and you'd think their motivation to be up there would be very high um to see them come out with just you know by far the third worst car um on the grid was very very surprising yeah no it it was a shock i was never expecting it to be that bad i wasn't expecting it to be bad either i was like this is gonna be a three-way title fight and it became a one-way title fight stefano what was your biggest surprise of the season i think the interesting midfield battle was uh pretty surprising because i wasn't expecting as much of like uh, as much fanfare surrounding like the alpine mclaren battle for fourth you know and yeah. there was there was i mean lando even snuck in for a, a podium i think uh early in the season i can't remember but he was the only not ferrari rebel slash mercedes driver to get a podium this entire year and uh it was a shame that mclaren couldn't pip alpine to fourth but you know on on balance i don't think they deserved it but for me that was the most surprising thing yeah, I think for me, the most surprising part of this season was the fact that we actually did uh, an episode almost every single week and we didn't just like quit halfway through. That was my biggest surprise yeah. of the season. <laughs> season like, two is going to be sick, man. We're, season we're two is going to be nails. Season um, two is going to be a fucking banger. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, guys, on to our final final segment here. Um, awards. We got some awards to give out this. So first award we've got award for the best. By the way, the people who win these awards are gonna get merch. Like this is like dedicated to the people who who just showed up. They were they were part of the the crew basically. Like they were supportive. Like so we got award for the best Colin Colin guest of the year. Um, there was a couple couple people. We had uh, we had Chad from Harwich. Uh, I think we had like uh joey from manchester um he had called in at one point um i think brendan from like maine um i think we had brady from buffalo we had a lot of people call in this year a lot of great collins a lot of great collins but i think the the award for the best Colin guest this year it it goes to chad from harwich chad from harwich was was uh he's a big stefano guy uh he loves the loves the show Big hell yeah, brother! Fall fired up type of guy. Um, so congrats to to Chad from Harwich for winning. Um, hell yeah, brother! Award for the best 
email question slash voicemail question. Again, we had a lot. We had the director of Apple marketing had called in and asked us about who we thought should play Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen in the new Brad Pitt movie. Yeah. Um, we had that that voicemail listener in that Colin. We had uh, Joe from Texas had a, a voicemail listen, um, and then we had uh, Krugi, I think Krugi Daddy or Krugi Daddy. Daddy. Um, he had another good question as well, and you know, so a lot of really good listener voicemail questions. Um, but I think, you know, we have to give it up to, to Kruge daddy. He's just, uh, he was a nail gun. Um, so congrats to him. He'll get a, he'll get a, a shirt this, this year. Oh yeah. Congrats brother. I'm getting married. Kruge daddy. We oh, know. Yeah. Congrats uh, on the congrats, nuptials. Kruge. Congrats on the nuptials crew. Yeah. Um, maybe soon we'll be a real daddy. Um, best guest guys. We had some pretty damn good guests. We had, our very first guest, who shout out Seb, sent Seb. us a signed picture of an Alpine car from 2022. Really nice gesture. Thank you so much, Seb. But you were our first guest. We had Ernie, the Earn Dog, Desidario, author of the book, dog. Um, a race engineer for Williams, just an all around good dude, Earn Dog, fan of the program. Um, and then we had Vita Marina from, from Alfa Romeo. Three awesome guests for the season, but we have to give it up to our number one promoter, supporter, the Earn Dog, Ernie, best guest award. Earn Dog. Uh, and then, you know, this was a, this is an interesting award. This was best theme song for the In The Points. Um, we had obviously the F1 theme song, which is a pretty damn good theme song to, to win. Um, we've got the, the current theme song by the artist known as B-Man. Um, and then we also had a number of outro songs, not to be confused with the intro song, but I think we even had Gloria Estevan for the Miami race perform a theme great. song for us on our behalf, which was pretty interesting. But that was great. The award goes to uh, Gloria Savan for the best theme song, outro music, um, just snipped from the artist known as the B-Man. Um, really awesome. good good theme song. Really great all around. Who's guys, delivering her trophy? Uh, Pitbull. And, and probably our guy that called Chuck LeClaire, Chuck, Chuck LeClaire. Uh, oh, word, Dale. Willie, Willie T. Ribs. Willie T. Ribs. Willie T. Ribs. He's on the list. And guys, I think we're all in agreement on those awards. So you got best Colin, Chad for Harwich, uh, best email question, Krugay Daddy, best guest was Ernie Desidario, and best theme song, obviously, Gloria Estefan. You know, congrats to all those people. I have a surprise, though, guys. Whoa. Best I love surprises. Best response to me cold calling guests on LinkedIn award. And it's not going to be a name. It's just going to be the best response that I got. And the best response that I you got. Have to, you have to read us what you sent them first. No, it's too long. It's all the same. Trying to get people to listen. Hey, we have the fastest growing form on podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Come, come check it out. Can you give us a position of this person? This person is an author of a Formula One book. And uh, this was the response that I got. 
after me saying I circling back to see if you'd be interested in coming on as a guest interview. This is the response. I started to listen to one episode, but honestly had to stop because of the bickering between the hosts that was annoying me. They keep saying Chuck instead of Charles. Why is that? I'll give it another chance and listen to one of the episodes where they're featuring a guest, and then I'll let you know. What are the listener numbers? I apologize if I'm too honest and blunt, but it's because I'm European. (laughs) And that is the award for the best DM response I got for cold calls on the podcast this year. So. Well, to whoever that was, I suppose we'll have to apologize for the bickering too. I guess it's just because we're American. It is because we're American. Um, and then final award, the Ferrari Strategic Blunder Award goes to Stefano for your Wi-Fi never working. So congrats to all the award winners this year. Hell of a season, guys. I was super pumped to uh, to be to be your co-host alongside this entire season. Um, yeah. Any other awards, guys, that we didn't give out? Best race. Silverstone 22, man. Yeah, I think that was unanimous. Never forget. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget where I was, Sam. You couldn't watch it live. Me and Stefano texting back and forth. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think, no. I think the I, roles are reversed there. I watched that live on a plane. It was bananas. If there was a, if there was a camera on me watching that in my little plane chair, I was I was flying home from Austria. That was that was wild. Yeah, me and Sam were going back and forth the whole time about that. And you were just like on a beach somewhere doing stupid things. No, I definitely was doing stupid things. I couldn't even see what was going on. I couldn't watch the race, couldn't know what was going on in the race. It took me like two days to watch the entire race. You went to the beach and missed Silverstone 22. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that was a beach. That's for sure. Um, last topic <laughs> of, the, the, of season one, guys. Last topic we have. Better be a good one. What are we looking forward to in 2023? F1. I think the, the, the potential <laughs> the potential of a three-way battle, I think. You know, I just that would be a great way to like follow up a terrible season is have a three-way battle at the top with like three or four guys fighting for a championship. I think that would be awesome. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm hoping for a repeat of the 2012 season when there was like seven guys all within a shout of the the driver's championship on the final race day. That would be nails. And I also hope that whatever uh, technical regulations they're bringing in for next year contribute to even more exciting racing. Because this year was pretty good, but you know it got a little bit dull towards the end when the better teams started to dominate. But I'm really hoping that the cars can get even closer more on-track battles, more overtaking, and just more excitement from Formula One in general. Yeah. I think I'm looking forward so, most to season two of In the Points. Great answer. Hell yeah, brother. Great, great Hell answer. yeah, brother. Guys, thank you, Stefano. Thank you, Sam. What a hell of a season one for us. To our faithful listeners out there, we thank you all. To our guests that came on. You guys are awesome. We love every one of you. We appreciate you guys coming on and yucking it up with us. To our future guests, hell yeah. And to our, our best callers, our best calling listeners, fire it up, brother. Hell yeah, brother. As brothers. they say in showbiz, <laughs> that's a wrap. Hell yeah, brother. Fire it up. Donka oh, said. Yeah. Donka said. <laughs>